Alrighty, that music that you just heard, that's Divine Sweater. They are on tour. Check it out. This is the Celtics Up podcast, which is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network, and AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I am here with Jack Simone from Celtics Blog and How About Them Celtics, the podcast. I'm here with Yossi Goslin of Hoopsite. I'm here with Dr. Justin Quinn of Celtics Fire. And I am also here with Alex Goldberg, uh, Tufts Jumbo, and a person who just two days ago called Dame Lillard to the Bucks on this podcast. Alex, take a bow. Um, thank you. As uh, you all know, dear listeners, my brain is gigantic and powerful. Uh, if you listen to our previous episode, you'll hear me talking with Adam Kaufman about, hey, why the hell aren't the Bucks involved with this whole Damian Lillard thing? They seem like exactly the time of type of team that should be involved in Damian Lillard sweepstakes. Lo and behold, the Bucks were involved the whole time because I am very smart. Thanks. Good job. He also plays bass for Divine Sweater. It's the true. band that played the music at the top of the podcast. Yossi, I'm going to go to you. What is your initial reaction to this trade? For those people who don't know, Damian Lillard is going to the Milwaukee Bucks. Drew Holiday, for now, is going to the Portland Trailblazers. The Bosnian Beast uh, is going down to Phoenix, and there's some few other players and picks along the way. But Yossi, the headline is Dame. What do you think? My initial reaction, my heart rate went very high. Yeah. <laughs> Because Milwaukee was not on my radar. I don't think they were really on anyone's radar. I don't know if anyone really said Milwaukee is a possibility. Oh, okay. Maybe someone did. And then uh, I think, you know, my biggest thing, I think it's just a little too late for Portland. They should have done this a year or two ago. Uh, We could get more into it later, but that's, you know, now just looking back at what, just looking at what they got and you just look at what stars went for over the past few years uh can't be feeling good if you're poor whoa can't be feeling good that's interesting i totally agree that they waited 18 months too long to do it i sort of like where they're at especially because we don't know what happens next drew holiday um what i don't like is my laggy internet so apologies in advance for that jack i talked to you this afternoon on the how about them seas podcast with our friend sam lafrance I do know how you feel about this, but to reiterate, how do you feel about this trade? Let's start with for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, this felt like very much so a whoa, Donovan Mitchell went to the Cavs trade, like whoa, Damian Lillard went to the Bucks trade, and so it, I like it for the Bucks. It, it, I was telling Sam on our podcast today, it almost feels like it's the most balanced place he could have gone in the East because they had to give up an all-star guard to get Damian Lillard. Like if he went to the Heat, the Heat would have been, you know, the team that just made the finals without Tyler Hero. So now they're getting Dame for free. If he had gone to like the Bulls or the Raptors, it probably would have been role players uh, and draft picks. But since they had to give up Drew Holiday, it does feel like, okay, the defense could take a step back and the offense is going to take a step forward. Now, I think that's good for the Bucs because their offense really needed something to bring it forward after last season uh and so it could end up being a good thing but now they're left with some some you know lack of depth on the perimeter uh in the defensive end so that's question mark as for portland like it's probably better than uh what they could have gotten from the heat um that said i think it all depends on what they get back for drew holiday like that's gonna solidify it as okay yeah this is the right move because we also got to trade an all-star i'm sure people who clicked on the podcast probably know that we're going to talk about drew holiday at length here but dr quinn the sports books now have the Bucks not just as the best team in the East, but as the favorite 
to win it all. And let's keep in mind that the sports books are there to make money. So maybe they're preying on your enthusiasm, but uh, with a calmer head, where do you see the landscape in the East? I still need to absorb this trade. I still need to see uh, what else ends up coming of it. Uh, it might not be in its final form as it's currently constructed. So it could change a little bit, but right now I think that the Bucks are clearly in the same tier as the Celtics. Uh, I still think the Celtics are a slightly better team. And I think that while the Bucks got better on offense, they are clearly a worse team on offense now. And that is something that I think the Celtics with their size and as they are currently constructed, which they may not be, which we can also talk about very shortly, uh, as they're currently constructed, I'm going with the Celtics, even trying to mitigate my own internal bias. Yeah, I said this to Jack this afternoon, but the Bucks have a huge liability on defense now. Um, you're teasing, again, the Drew Holiday thing, which we will, again, get to. But at present, Drew Holiday is not headed to the Celtics. And there's a lot of uh, interesting capology that might need to happen to make that even feasible. So at present, Alex Goldberg, uh, who's the best team in the East? Um, you know, it's very much TBD because we have to wait and see exactly what both of these teams look like. Uh, you know, at least to me, it feels like the Bucks and the Celtics enter this season pretty clearly as a cut above, similar to last season. But those two, to me, are pretty clearly at the top of the East. How it shakes out, how they look whether one of them looks immediately ready to roll or whether they take a little bit more time to coalesce into that identity, I think remains to be seen. But those are the top two. And if I had to pick one, um, just from a matchup standpoint, I do like Boston's chances specifically because Kristaps Porzingis has played weirdly well against the Bucks for almost his entire career. And I like their length and size as currently constituted. But I am definitely very concerned about the idea of switching to a more drop-based defense and going against one of the best pull-up shooters in the league today in Damian Lillard, as well as Giannis, who is always a nightmare. But I would I would lean Celtics. And I'll be fully, you know, clear, I am also a biased homer. So as a, you're, you're, yeah. you're out in California. Let's let's hear the unbiased take. As a neutral, unbiased uh person in this matter i agree i thought about it and i think like one of the first things i asked a group chat was the bucks get better and i think they probably did but the fact that i need to ask that i think already puts some doubt as to if this really puts them undoubtedly over the top because i don't think it does they still lost a lot of things by losing drew holiday like this isn't the most clear-cut trade. I think the Bucks, you have to do it just because this significantly increases your chances of keeping Giannis after this, these last few months where you've been making comments suggesting that he's open to other opportunities. So for that reason alone, you do this deal. But it'll be interesting because also the Bucks are probably gonna now going to have to go to like exclusively drop coverage as well. Now that they don't have Drew, they're going to have to go through something similar. But uh, it's really between them and and Boston. I think it's for sure them too. Uh, you know, Miami. I'm sure they could have another overachievement again. But I'm just I'll believe it when I see. I got to see it with them. Um, it's really those two in my eyes right now, and I just lean Celtics as well. 
I think they've got the size that's proven to contain Giannis to a degree. It, they were able to beat him uh, in 2022, tire him out, and they snuck out. A, you know, he still dominated. He still went crazy, but it was they still got just enough from their front court to limit him just enough and ultimately tire him out. And yeah, they lost. Even though they lost Marcus Smart, I still think they have the perimeter defense to contain uh, a guy like Lillard. They, um, you know, again, like they're not going to shut down these guys by any means, but I think they have enough defensively to, to, you know, limit them uh, as much as you can to ultimately get, uh, beat them in a playoff series. And, you know, maybe they could make another move. That I'm sure we'll get to later. That can give them any, another chance, another uh, a better chance to beat the Bucks. Trade, trade back for Drew Holiday. Um, I can't yeah. believe I'm saying this. Lost in the sauce is Grayson Allen. That was an important contributor for the Bucks. I know that he looks like Ted Cruz, and so we inherently don't like that person. And he's a dookie, and that's tough too. Look, you could pick on him, pick on him on defense, but he played tough. He, he was like Grant Williams. Like he had his flaws, but. He played tougher than most. He was in your face more than most. And I don't think Phoenix, I don't really know what happened to Phoenix. Um, it's worth noting that Portland got DeAndre Ayton, which for a Celtics podcast isn't important, but is interesting. Um, getting Grayson Allen isn't nothing. Jack, just to complete the cycle, who's the best team in the East? I'm not used to the mute button. I usually just mute my mic. Uh, probably still Boston. I, I think, like everyone else said, going into the season, I kind of put Milwaukee and Boston, like the start of the summer, like, okay, those are probably the top two teams in the East um, heading into next year as well. And so getting Dame probably raises the Bucks ceiling. I just don't know if it's necessarily past the Celtics, who I think, despite oddly enough popular opinion, I feel like the Celtics also maybe got better. Like as much as everyone loves Marcus Martin, I mean, I've lived in Boston my whole life. I've covered the Celtics like Marcus Smart's Marcus Smart. It's hard not to miss Marcus Smart, but like the Celtics got a close to all-star big men to pair with Al Horford and Robert Williams. They still have an all defensive caliber guard running the point um, in Derek White, who was better on defense than Marcus Smart last year, dare I say. Like, they have a really, really good rotation still, and the Bucks are going to be right there with them, and, and as are these other teams. I think the Cavs can get better. I think the Heat are a question mark, but they're always going to be there. I think the Knicks can get Like, all these teams are going to be there. Philly is the ultimate question mark, but I think hmm. it's Boston and Milwaukee, but you look at how they match up together against each other. I think the Celtics match up with the Bucks much better than the Bucks match up with the Celtics, so I'll probably lead Boston. All right. Let's pause the action and talk about our friends over at FanDuel, where you can snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when they place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. It's an easy-to-use app. There's a wide range of betting options. You can talk about spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. We are full swing into an NFL season with ups and downs. It's not just Taylor Swift. It's not just Aaron Rodgers getting injured. There's so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only call. 
there's a $10 first deposit requirement. Bonus bets are issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Hope is here. Go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Okay, back to the action. Let me play devil's advocate just to segue the next segment. In the NBA, the most important currency is having the best player in a playoff series. And until proven otherwise, that's Giannis. Uh, It's also helpful to have the player with the biggest stones. And until proven otherwise, that's Dane. So if you are Boston, perhaps you are looking at this with a deficit mindset and you say, look, they've got generational talent and the Greek freak. And they've got a leader and a shooter like no other in Dame Lillard. We aren't good enough. What if we, the Boston Celtics, were to go and get a player that, that I, Cameron, personally would have put on my all-NBA team, Drew Holiday? What if we, the Celtics, go got Drew Holiday, right? So that's the question. According to Shams Tarani of The Athletic, that is in play. Miami, Toronto, and Boston were pegged as Drew Holiday destinations. Miami is obvious. We can talk about that later. Um, Adam Himmelsbeck of the Globe has echoed that Boston is in the conversation. Before I swing it to my illustrious panel, I will say this. Uh, Yossi, you're here to fact check the math. I believe Boston would need to give up two of the following players to just make the math work because Drew Holiday makes like $36 million. It's either Brogdon, Horford, Derek White, Robert Williams III. You have to at least have two of those guys in some cases, you might need to have Cornette or Brissett in a few weeks or Pritchard to say nothing of draft compensation. So I'd like to preface this conversation by saying the mathematical asking price is big. But the prize is big, too. Drew Holiday rocks. I love Drew Holiday. Um, Jack, on the How About Them Seas podcast, I like in real time talk myself in and out of this proposition because the math is difficult for Boston. Yossi, you're here tonight because you pinged us and said they got to do it and they got to do it now. So um, did I get anything wrong about, you know, the financial landscape? And secondly, uh, why should Boston make this move and why should Portland listen? Math-wise, you got it. I did it earlier today. If it's Horford and Brogdon, they got to include like one more small salary. could be any of their uh, minimum guys and and literally like the lowest paid guy, whoever they want to put. Um. Now, as far as, uh, you know, should the Celtics do it? The way I look at it is, first, so the biggest thing is, okay, you're going from Brogdon to Holiday. That's pretty easy for most Celtics fans. I don't think that's much of a discussion. Uh, I If you're trading White or Robert Willens, I think that's probably a no. I wouldn't, I'd, I think you want to keep those guys, try to get, you know, build on top of what you've got uh, with Holiday. And then there's the Horford aspect. And it's really hard to come up with something uh, that's that doesn't include Horford at, at the very least. And one of the biggest things that jump out to you if you're trading Horford is, okay, well, then our front court's severely going to take a hit. Uh, there's not much behind Porzingis and Robert Williams. You're going to lose... Uh, a big part of the theory behind containing uh, a guy like Giannis, a guy like Bam. And that's true. Uh, The way I look at it is like you just said, Cam, 
the prize is so big. I think you just want to, you got to do it and try to worry about that other thing, you know, the bigs later, because you're looking for I, eventually like a backup big, you could probably, you, the Celtic could probably find one later. So if you can get holiday, it was just like, like a better version of smart in like both ways, offense and defense. I think that just, you're basically going from Horford and smart to holiday and Przingis. That's such a huge upgrade on both in both positions uh and then like but i've thought about okay like yeah the big losing that big that's a big issue how do you how do you find another big you've got that uh grant williams trade exception could take back uh close to a 6.5 million dollar player if you have uh payton pritchard you can try to trade him for a player making a similar amount i uh, one other thing they could do a little more galaxy brain use that trade exception to acquire just a player that fits in it, just have that salary. Doesn't need to be a big man because honestly, I look, there's not that many good big men out there that make that much. Just get somebody, and then like as you get closer to the trade deadline, uh, aggregate him with Pritchard or something else to get another really good, uh, uh you know, a, a good replacement level yeah. that makes more. So, um, uh, yeah, that's so. I, I and losing Horford, uh, one of you guys. Uh, mentioned early uh, that that's like another big culture loss after losing smart i i that also, was my question yeah yes i i i see that i understand that uh horford's also entering his 17th year and like just gm lens on it's you can it's always safe to assume going forward that this could be the year horford finally takes the the dip yeah. like it really could happen at any moment chris paul was literally he went like perfect against the Pelicans in the playoffs in 2022 and literally like a game later completely fell off and also has not recovered since like it could happen like that. So that's the other thing that yeah, losing Horford hurts, but it also makes sense to get off him now. If you can, before that decline hits, especially if you could get a guy like holiday. You see, it might've already happened for Horford. I mean, the production drop off this postseason was, Extraordinary. Um, Justin, I'm going to go to you next. I'll just say that when big news breaks and you have to write about it, a funny thing happens where you don't get to really engage with the DMs or fire off a bunch of tweets. Your head is down. You have a lot of work to do. So you miss the firestorm. But when you lift your head up, your thoughts are really well reasoned because you've been thinking and writing about it. You just haven't been like texting your friends or pinging people. So but sometimes Justin. you miss really important issues, like this whole Drew thing, which Jack told me about like, <laughs> like an hour before the show started. So, yeah, it's a mixed bag. Okay, well, tell us about the culture thing, then. Well, I mean, from a perspective of leadership in particular, uh, Smart's gone. Grant's the other big voice on the floor. In the locker room, we know it's Al, right? When things are going sideways, maybe not all the time, but when things are going bad, when people need to hear something they don't want to hear, you know, maybe Sam Cassell can do that now, right? But if he can't, or if that's a voice that doesn't resonate quite the same because he's not a player anymore, then they're in kind of a rough spot in terms of culture you're really asking the the jays to pick up the mantle and not just like raise it but like raise it up to the heavens because that's a very big ask and like yossi said there's not a lot of ways that you can bring in someone with that kind of veteran leadership unless i don't know maybe like griffin oh that's fun i wasn't expecting that um 
Jack, I'm going to go to you next. Jack and I had this conversation before. I was really high on Drew Holiday, and I scared myself out of that take. Jack, I think you are standing tall that you sincerely believe the Boston Celtics would trade for Drew Holiday. Let us hear it. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> I mean, Drew Holiday, Yossi said it perfectly. He is literally Marcus Smart, who shoots 40% from three. And you said this on, on How About Some Celtics. If Marcus Smart shot 40% from three, he'd still be in Boston, right? Like, like Drew Holiday is everything the Celtics have ever wanted to pair with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You look at the cycle of point guards they've gone through. They've gone through, you know, the, the score first guys, Kyrie Kemba, didn't really work out. They went to the Marcus Smart, the defensive slash passer, who wasn't really a passer, but you kind of wanted them to be. And he did a good job. You give Marcus credit, brought him to the finals. And now you look at Derek White, who I'm extremely high on. Drew Holiday is like the best part of every single one of those players put into one player who can also guard the best player on the other team for 48 minutes. Like Drew Holiday is perfect. I would go as far as like considering throwing Robert Williams in the deal. Like Drew Holiday is everything the Celtics team needs. I I think you do what you need to do to get this deal done. You lock up Drew for the future. You lock up. I mean, we were talking about a backcourt of Marcus Martin, Derek White last year as one of the best defensive backcourts in the league. Derek White and Drew Holiday with Porzingis in the paint and Horford or Rob and the Jays locking in on defense. Like, and, and not to mention, how perfect would it be if the Celtics met the Bucks in the playoffs and then the Bucks with Damian yeah. Lillard roll out there and then just Drew Holiday's there to guard him? It's just everything about it I, I love. I don't care what it takes. They have the picks to make the deal happen. They have, you know, Robert Williams slash Al Horford, the salary they have, you know, if the Blazers really want Oregon legend, Peyton Pritchard back, like (laughs) they've got stuff to make it happen. I I think the Celtics need to get Drew Holiday. I should mention he's 33 years old. I think he's on an expiring. And if not, he only has one year left on his deal. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So there's a good amount of risk involved here. Sorry. You're taking my point right do out it to it. under me. You didn't <laughs> need to do that, but here we are. Um, so I am a little bit less um, charged up about the possibility of getting Drew Holiday. I understand the upside. He is a very good player. I have been a big fan of Drew Holiday since he was in Philly. I really like that dude as a basketball player. But here's the thing. If the Celtics trade for Drew Holiday and it's some combination of Brogdon, which Brogdon would have to be included, right? Um, and then some combination of White, Horford, Williams, whatever, et cetera. That is your team. Like that is that is what you have for the foreseeable future with the Jays uh, under contract. Jason Tatum is going to get a max extension next year. It's going to be the biggest contract in the history of the NBA. Your flexibility is, the Celtics don't have a lot of flexibility as it is, if you trade for Drew Holiday, that flexibility is gone. You do not have any other options, period. You are tied in to Drew Holiday, a guy who is still good and not as old as Al Horford, but is also 33, is declining, I think, pretty visibly last year. Had Now, admittedly, the Bucks struggled for a lot of reasons last year, the big one being that their best player got hurt. But Drew Holiday did not exactly have a banner series against the Miami Heat last year either. His shooting percentages dipped. He seemed largely ineffective on offense. And I think in general, Drew Holiday is approaching an age curve, particularly at the guard position, having taken a lot of hits, where the drop-off for him could also be quite steep and happen quite quickly. However, Drew Holiday makes a lot more money than Al Horford. Um, Additionally, Christoph Porzingis 
is already an injury risk and has been basically for his entire career. Robert Williams is an injury risk. Al Horford, if he's the one that remains, is getting older. So you're locking yourself in to a core that is potentially very high upside, championship upside, if we're being realistic, but also has at least two players in the starting lineup that are either aging or significant injury risks, and two of whom are extremely expensive. If that goes south, the Celtics are going to be trapped in a couple of really hefty bad contracts with a lot of potential damage to come. I totally get the idea of going all in, and I think Drew Holiday is an excellent basketball player. But to me, this strikes me as a really risky trade to go in for Drew Holiday, compromise that big man depth, and potentially put the Celtics in a catastrophic injury risk position. Yeah, that um, that's kind of the position that I come down on Alex's whether or not I think that the Celtics should trade for uh, Drew Holiday is incidental because it's up to the front office. And I suspect that Brad Stevens and company can kind of read the tea leaves and say, look, there's a lot of reasons that we could do this. And there are a lot of avenues to do this, but we're still bartering from a position of strength. I mean, everyone here still said the Celtics are better than the Bucs, even without a Drew Holiday trade. Um, so you know, I'll push back at Alex and say, you know, if they get painted into a corner, they can trade Jalen Brown. They can always hit a soft reset. But uh, apropos of that, you're very right that Drew Holiday would be like really the last bit of leverage or flexibility they have other than uh, a pretty big organizational piff, pivot down the line. Now. Yeah. And sorry, just um, one more quick point on on the Drew Holiday front. Um, so in addition to all the stuff that was kind of laid out earlier, the injury risks and uh, all that stuff and the, the big contract, you know, I think it is um, worth acknowledging that um, the Celtics as an identity choice prior to the Dame Lillard trade, and they might have to react to that, but they very consciously leaned into an identity that embraced size and that embraced defense at every single position. And it's not to say that Drew Holiday can't bring that, but if you're compromising your big man depth to make that happen, and if you're getting a replacement level big, say like a Biznak, Biombo, or whatever, that inherently challenges the structure of the identity that the Celtics, I think, pretty consciously and aggressively tried to make a part of their team heading into this year. One of the big reasons that they traded for Kristaps Porzingis in the first place is because Brad Stevens was tired of small teams getting pushed around by the Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. And while Drew Holiday is a really, really good defensive player, Jimmy Butler pushed Drew Holiday yep. around in that <laughs> series. And I don't know that the idea of the Celtics returning to a smaller identity that is still able to get tossed around by bigger wings and forwards is necessarily the best plan, given that they seem to be actively straying from that plan at the beginning of this offseason. That's such a great, yeah, Yossi, go. No, I just want to touch on the financial aspect because, yeah, he is, he does, uh, he's going to be extension eligible soon. And I would think that part of the reason um, the Bucks moved on from him now, obviously getting like, like, you know, getting Dame's a no-brainer for most, but he did have uh, an extension coming up and I, think yeah he's 33 years old that's not uh an easy thing to navigate i think 
And I'm positive that whatever trading negotiations are going on with the Blazers, a big aspect of that is, uh, Drew, how much money are you looking for? What do you, you know, what do you want? And uh, the, no matter what, the Celtics are going to have an extremely expensive team going forward, even if they weren't to get Holiday. They're like starting in 25, 26, it's going to be insane when Tatum has his new contract uh, on top of Browns and there's going to be like higher penalties and they're going to be in the repeater pack. Like they're already in luxury tax hell. So uh, the question is, I suppose, what can, can they get Holiday on a reasonable number? And they did something similar with Porzingis when they were negotiating. They clearly were also negotiating an extension because they got something done uh, shortly after to your 60 mil. I know that Holiday's max extension number, it's something ridiculous. He's not going to get it. He's probably going to look at a pay cut in his next contract. So I think there's a good chance that uh, if the Celtics or whoever acquires Holiday, there's going to be a pretty good understanding on what the next deal will look like and i could see something where holiday picks up that player option it's like almost 40 million i don't think he's ever going to get that amount again and then in the offseason he does like a a two-year extension uh for a slight uh decrease in pay kind of like what porzingis just did uh just depends what the market value is for uh guards like him and if the celtics were cool with that or whoever i I'm I'm very certain that's like a big aspect going on because teams want to make sure that the, you know he them and Holiday are on the same page as what the next deal will look like. Yeah, I again I like I think it's a really interesting trade, but like the reality of the situation is precarious to say the least. Um, here's this: I have a couple of things that I want on my agenda, but it's ten thirty-five East Coast time. Drew Holiday could be traded at 1036 East Coast time. So let's do this. I'm going to go around the horn and here are the four things that I wanted to get to. First of all, the Celtics signed Jordan uh, Shackle, who was a a sharpshooter from the G League. Maybe he'll make the team. Good luck to him. Um, But in Celtics news, uh, Gary Washburn is saying that everyone's healthy, according to Brad Stevens, but Brogdon is still upset. We haven't talked about Brogdon yet. On top of Brogdon, on top of Drew Holiday, we also have Buddy Heald. We also have James Harden. There are some combo guards out there in the East or who could become part of the East um, that we don't really know what the future is. So in closing, I'm going to say goodbye to each one of you one by one. I'm going to ask you to make a prediction and you can choose, make a prediction about Brogdon, make a prediction about Buddy Heald, make a prediction about Harden, or make a prediction about Drew Holiday specifically in the heat because we haven't talked about how sad the heat are right now. So uh, let's start with our guests. Yossi Goslin of Hoops Hype. Make a prediction about Brogdon, about Buddy Heald, about James Harden, or about Miami Heat and or Drew Holiday, whatever you'd like. Well, I guess for all those players you mentioned, I don't think those get resolved uh, before the season start. Um, yeah, no, nothing exciting there, but I think that's it. Wow. <laughs> Uh, I'm covered Sorry, in cold. Guys. I'm covered in cold water right now. All right, Jack Simone of the <laughs> about them sees podcast and Celtics blog. Pick your fancy. Make a prediction. Uh, I think James Harden. I'll go there. I think media day is going to be very fun 
because I don't think he'll be there. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. think it will end in James Harden trying to beg his way to the Clippers until the Heat decide they want to trade for a point guard and end up going for one of those guys. And then maybe the Heat get them. Maybe Tyler keeps complaining about tampering when he was the person being traded in the first place. I don't know if the Heat actually get a deal done. I doubt Portland would trade Drew to them because they didn't trade Dame to them. So I feel like they're kind of done with Miami. But uh, I think Harden's going to be the most fun to watch because I think the most drama is involved. And I don't think he'll get traded before the start of the season. And I think he drags it out and Philly takes a hit because of it. Alex Goldberg, make a prediction. Miami Heat, congratulations. Your booby prize for whiffing on the Damian Lillard sweepstakes and the Bradley Beal sweepstakes and the Giannis Antetokounmpo sweepstakes in all likelihood is Kyle Lowry for Buddy Heald and some other stuff. Welcome to Miami, Buddy Heald. You are going to be joining the starting point guard, Tyler Hero, who is definitely not mad. And the Miami Heat are going to be in for a really fun, interesting season with a backcourt that shoots a whole lot of threes and does not play a lot of defense. All right. And round us out, Dr. Justin Quinn, make a prediction. So I guess what I had in mind will be a good way to cap all of this off because I don't know what's going to happen, but the Celtics are going to be involved. I think maybe they'll end up with Buddy Heald or maybe they'll end up with something else as this becomes the largest trade in NBA history, which is something I've been thinking about maybe happening considering how many teams are going to need to turn over so many players under this new cap regime. So I think we're due for a record of that sort, and maybe this is the trade. So that's my prediction. Wow, I like that. Um I was going to say the Lakers swoop in and get one of these players, but that's more fun, certainly for a Celtics-centric podcast. So I won't say that the Lakers somehow end up with a really valuable player. All right, this is Celtics Up Podcast, which has been brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. You've been talking to me, Cameron Tepetubai, Mr. T, you've talking to Alex Goldberg, Dr. Justin Quinn, Yossi Gosselin of Hoops Hype, Jack Simone of How About Them Sees, the podcast, and Celtics blog. Uh, we will, in theory, be with you again next week, but perhaps Drew Holiday or someone else will be joining the Boston Celtics sooner than that, in which case we'll see you then. And until then, thanks for listening. Like and subscribe. Adios.